You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad Rysmart, the world's fastest-growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Good afternoon. I'm career coach Aaron Rovner, and thanks for joining me for Career Conversations this Monday afternoon. I'm extremely passionate about helping people thrive in their careers, and over the next 30 minutes, we'll provide tips and strategies to help you recover from a layoff find your next opportunity, update your resume, prep for an interview, or transition to a new career. With more than 38 million people currently out of work as the result of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm sure many of you have either experienced a job loss or know someone who has. And even if you are still currently working, or of course, now working from home, I'm sure everyone listening likely has some degree of uncertainty about what their professional future holds. And I hope we can provide some guidance to everyone to achieve a little bit of success and growth in your careers. On today's show, we're going to focus a bit more on the employers and some of the things that companies and businesses can do to help employees impacted by this entire economic downturn, including how operating separated employees, outplacement services is beneficial both to the affected employees and the business itself and is a little bit different than what you might have been thinking in the past. As always, if you have a question you'd like us to answer on air, please send us an email at careerconvoswox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswox. For a little background about myself, I'm a senior career coach with Ronstad Rysmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. I have over 15 years experience in career services and recruiting, and I like to say that over those 15 years, my goal has been essentially to get everyone paid. I'm so fortunate today to be joined by two incredible guests. The first is Jeannie Shad, a talent solutions and strategy practice leader with Ronstad Rysmart, who specializes in helping companies build strong employer brands and engaging cultures. Welcome. The second is Lindsay Witcher, Vice President of Practice Strategy at Ronstad Rysmart. In that role, she develops solutions to help companies solve their talent challenges and improve the overall employee experience. Thank you both for joining me today in the Career Conversation. Say hello to our listeners. Thanks, Erin. Hi, everybody. Great. Thanks, Erin, for having us. I'm so glad you guys are here. So the first thing that I wanted to kind of talk about for our listeners is to kind of define a little bit of some of the words that I throw around pretty easily, but some people are like, who, what? I know there are some people who know the difference between outplacement and recruitment, some people who don't know the difference between recruitment, headhunting, outplacement, employers, um, and some people who are just trying to figure out what everything means. And I know from a company's perspective, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how to transition into this in the best possible way. You know, you know, where can we make sure that we're keeping the best talent that we can? Um, and so one of the things that I'm really interested in is something that I know Ronstead Rysmart focuses on, which is redeployment. So Jeannie, I'd love to start with you, you know, if you could kind of give me the definition of redeployment and what it's currently doing in this time frame. Sure. So uh, when you think about when a company has to make uh, difficult decisions, many times, and especially if we look back to the last recession, um, many times companies are forced to go to layoffs, um, to let go of their people, to furlough the, their people in the hopes they come back. Um, however, there's an important step that could happen in many companies before that. And that is to look for the opportunity for people to find another job within the company. And that's really what the process of redeployment is all about. 
So what we do is we help companies to be able to move their people inside the company um, so that they don't have to let everybody go to the outside. And it's really beneficial to a lot of companies that have invested um, in the last decade pretty significantly in creating a positive employee experience. And through the time that talent was very, very short, um, companies have really outdone themselves to make for this grand, great employee experience to attract people. Well, once that's in the DNA of your company, it's really hard to let go of those values. And so through redeployment, a company can actually give an employee an opportunity to find something internally in a short period of time so that they don't have to exit. Oh my gosh, I love that answer. So I want to turn it over to Lindsay because um, I want to kind of try and get both perspectives. Do you think that like an everyday job seeker or someone who's working internally into a company is going to hear that and just be like, what? What's going on? What are things that you feel like they might want to know about the entire process? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's, it's a difficult message to hear that something is going to happen to your job, right? Whether that's because of a layoff, whether that's because it's being eliminated and you're, a company is trying to redeploy you, no matter what that's a really stressful, anxious time. And so once you've had that message of something about my job is going to change, it is difficult to focus and, and make sure that you're taking the steps needed to be successful. But in the case of redeployment, you know, a company is really investing in these individuals to help them find something internally before they have to look outside of the company. And part of the benefit of that is it gives the employee a little bit more time to think through the implications of what's going on and work through the emotions. It gives them the opportunity to consider working in a different way and to consider something new and different inside their organization that they may not have considered previously. And so I think redeployment for companies is, is beneficial for all the reasons Jeannie mentioned as far as protecting your brand and extending that experience to those employees who are impacted by change. But at the same time, from the employee perspective, it's really an opportunity to look at things a little bit differently, try something new, expand your horizons, and in some cases to consider different roles within the company that might be a good fit for you. That's such a good point. One of the things that comes to my mind is that sometimes I feel like people think it's like picking sides, you know, almost like it's like that grade school soccer team where all of a sudden uh, someone's been working for a company and they think this is a great place to work and the employer's on my side. And then exactly what you were saying, Lindsay, all of a sudden they get news that something's going to change and then they're like, they're not on my side. No one's on my side. All of a sudden it becomes this, this idea of like pick a side, who's on someone's side. And what I really like about this, uh, you know, this concept and in practice is that redeployment, um, because you kind of get a different organization involved, it's almost like both sides think that they have someone on their side where, you know, the job seeker who is maybe I'm going to stay within the company and be redeployed. They're talking to someone from a different organization. Um, am I totally off base there? Am I just always going back to when I didn't get picked first in gym class? Jeannie, I'd love your insight. Am I just completely off base? Sure. No, you're not off base at all. The, um, although we do, we all have bad memories of going back to high school gym class, but um, I, no, I think it's, it's an important thing to think about with redeployment that um, usually you're staying within the same company or a company that's very closely related to it. So depending on how large the organization is, there might be some familiarity there. And um, for people who are, um, it, as Lindsay says, it can be a really traumatic and, and very significant change to be told that your job that you may have really loved 
is no longer going to be your job. And that's the reality for many people who go through redeployment is that they are, um, they are uh, being asked to either choose to find something internally or to go outside the company um, uh, over a period of time. So regardless, the status quo won't work anymore and they won't be able to keep that. I think the important part about redeployment is that there's some choice on the part of the employee. They can look at other jobs internally. They can look at doing something, um, doing the same thing and just working for a different division. They can actually use the opportunity to stretch themselves and try a job that uses skills that are adjacent to what they already have or to learn something new and then move into that position. Um, or they can choose, you know, right now, I think the company's heading in a direction that um, may not match what I've done in the past and what I've liked about it. And I might come back someday, but right now I think I'd like to leave and try something new. So it really, it helps put choice in the hands of the employee. And that really, I think, makes the difference because one of the things that I constantly feel like I'm explaining to people, mostly my family who still doesn't understand what I do for a living, is that a lot of times people think that like the headhunter and the recruiter is this mythological being, you know, the myth of the headhunter who just goes out and finds you jobs and you just wake up in the morning, they've scheduled interviews for you and I think make you cake or something like that. Um, and what I like about this is that um, you know, they're real. It's not, again, a mythical being that magically finds people jobs. And if there's someone out there, readers, please write into this email address because recruiters actually work for a company. Um, but again, it, it, it keeps coming back to that idea of someone who can listen to you and say, you know, should I stay? Should I go? Can I try something new? Do I not try something new? Um, in this idea of really, you know, figuring out, you know, what the best path is through here, especially given this whole pandemic where the future is a little bit uncertain and everyone wants the next best path. Um, which brings me to, we're gonna take a quick break, but I'm so excited about our next topic where we're gonna kind of talk through a kind of trends and best practices. We know that there's a lot of change and a lot of movement. And so I'm really excited to hear from our experts on things that might be helpful to you to know about what's going on moving forward. So right after this break, we'll be back. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner, presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Aaron Rovner. Welcome back to Career Conversations with Randstad RiseSmart. We're so excited to continue this conversation. Again, today I'm talking to Lindsay, Vice President of Practice Strategy at Randstad RiseSmart, and Jeannie, who is our Talent Solutions and Strategy Practice Leader. I'm really excited for this next topic because one of the things that I keep hearing is people saying, oh my gosh, there's so much competition. I should go after more jobs. And, you know, HR is going to be doing things completely differently because the market is just flooded 
excited and everyone's so pant. And I kind of don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't think all 38 million people are all going after the same thing, but it does bring up an interesting question is that I'm thinking of it in terms of how to prepare a job seeker, but are there different things that are going on in terms of HR, in terms of best practices? So, Lindsay, I'd love to start with you first. Are you seeing any trends or things that you think are noteworthy or things we should be aware of? Yeah, I think HR, like everyone, was was put into a bit of an upheaval with everything going on with COVID from a hiring perspective, because very likely whatever process they had for hiring pre-COVID did not work in its entirety post-COVID, or during COVID, rather. We're not post-COVID just yet. So I think first and foremost, companies are having to reimagine their hiring processes from the technology that's used to the people involved to the types of questions asked and considerations. And so I think at first, a lot of companies were just trying to get their head above water in terms of figuring out how they're going to handle hiring because hiring is happening. Companies continue to need to fill roles. While yes, on one side of the coin, a lot of people have lost their jobs. On the other side, there are still lots of companies hiring and lots of positions being filled. And so all of those organizations had to figure out how to to do that and acquire talent in this new world. And so I think it took a moment for them to build those practices and processes so that they could effectively hire um, in this, this situation that we find ourselves in. And so I think first and foremost, that was happening. I think on the other end of things, you know, the way that they're interviewing and the way that they're thinking about talent and the roles that they're trying to fill have transitioned and changed during all this as well. So, of course, most really all companies right now are doing video interviews instead of in-person interviews and have had to put processes in place for that. And so getting ready for that, not just on the job seeker side, right? Every single job seeker today needs to be ready to excel at a video interview, no matter what level, what job, what industry, what role. You need to have your situation together as far as that is concerned. You need to have a, a solid a background that's reasonable. You need to have a distraction-free area. You need to have your presence together as far as your ability to show up well on interviews, right? All of those things. And just like job seekers had to prepare for that, the people doing the interviews had to prepare for that too, right? Because they're also on the video on the other side of things in some cases. And so I think that's been a big change in, in consideration for how to hire differently during COVID. And I think also, you know, this, this situation is materially changing a lot of organizations in terms of their business strategy, in terms of their short and long-term strategy. And with that, then what they need from particular roles and where those roles need to be has also changed. So um, as you can imagine, that has, has no doubt created a lot of stress for HR as well as they're trying to figure out new processes, workforce planning, figuring out where everything sort of falls once, you know, you, you get acclimated to this, this new world that we find ourselves in. And so I think all of those things is creating a lot of change on the HR side as well. That makes perfect sense. Um, and so with all of these changes, Jeannie, I'd love for you to chime in with kind of best practices, you know, things that companies are doing differently or things that people are doing that that's really working or that or that might be advisable. Absolutely. So from a company perspective, I think one of the things many companies learned when they were forced to go virtual is that, hey, we can have people anywhere who live anywhere and be part of any team anywhere. And um, those of us who have worked virtually for a long time knew that to be true, but I think a lot more companies are removing geography as a consideration for their hires. So when you think about the opportunity for the job seeker right now, 
Um, with geography being less of a factor or being not a factor at all, um, you can, that, that opens up a lot more possibilities um, in terms of staying in the function you want to stay in or in the industry you want to stay in um, and being able to um, tap into jobs that are open in different areas. So I think that's, that's one best practice. Um, I think, you know, another is to, for a company to make sure that, that they are staying on top of their, um, their uh, talent pipeline and that they are communicating with people in some way when they are not actually in a hiring mode. And it's important to distinguish between the hiring mode communication and we want to hire you today, here's an open job for you communication. I just read an article today um, that was rather critical of some companies in technology that are leaving job postings up for jobs that they're actually not hiring for, and they're doing that just to feed their talent pipeline. Well, there's better ways to do that. You know, there's all kinds of software out there that will allow you to engage and build a talent pipeline and, a, uh, and be able to do that without dangling a job that really doesn't exist in front of a person who's, who's looking for it. So I think just being transparent and open and communicating with people, even people that are not necessarily looking for a job to build that talent pipeline is a really good idea right now. I think that is so important because one of the things that I've been pleasantly surprised about with the job seekers that I'm working with has been the open level of communication where I've had people who they were in process interviewing and then the company is saying, hey, listen, everything's on hold, but they're not just saying, hey, we're never going to call you again. You know, in some cases, they are being a little bit more vague of, hey, we don't know when we'd be able to make an offer or, hey, we're listen, we're not going to do anything until June 15th. But I, I think that one of the things that is very important to a lot of the job seekers is that then they have a better reaction of those employers. Like one of the things that um, I, uh, I once heard a presenter who was presenting on how your Glassdoor ranking is actually part of your PR. And I do think that while there are companies that people are just desperate to get their foot in the door, there's something about seeing a job, applying for it, and then later finding out, hey, they're on hiring freeze and they're not doing anything, especially because... Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm checking every morning kind of the real ticker hiring, you know, I'm on LinkedIn looking at who's hiring, you know, I'm on that candor.co list, I'm on all of the lists being like, who's really hiring, who's on freeze. And most of the job seekers, a lot of them, they're at home, they have time and they're doing the same thing. And so it's very interesting because these companies at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, they want to bring in the best talent. <laughs> you know, that's their goal. That's everyone's goal. Absolutely. And the job seeker wants to go to the best place. Um, and if a company's not giving them responses or is, like you said, isn't at least doing the due diligence, because even though an automated response might still make a job seeker angry, at least it's information. Um, so I think that that's so valuable to kind of hear, you know, the trends and the best practices. Um, because I do think that it is a job, there, there is going to be a point in time where maybe not every job seeker is going to be dealing with multiple offers, but there's going to be a point in time where someone says, hey, you haven't gotten back to me, and you have that job posted, and now I'm kind of, I wouldn't want to go work for you, even if you had something open. Yeah. Um, Lindsay, in segment one, you actually had mentioned that this is kind of an emotional thing for a lot of people, you know, there's a pandemic, and this, that to me is kind of a regular, even pre-pandemic job search trigger of, I applied for a job and I think it's not really there. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think so at the end of the day, we have to focus or job seekers need to focus on what's in their control, right? So you can't control how a company handles the position, whether it exists or not, whether they're gonna consider you or not, but you can 
invest the time to go after each opportunity you're interested in in the most strategic way possible. So making sure that you're tailoring your resume, making sure that you're looking for those networking connections and leveraging that network, making sure that you're really targeted in the opportunities you're applying to, right? A lot of people, I think, out of fear will tend to just apply to anything and everything that has even a handful of skills that could possibly apply to them in the hopes that someone's gonna reach back out to them. But really, it's not an effective strategy. I'd much rather someone focus on a handful of really good fit opportunities and really put all of their time and effort into pursuing those than to just broadly be applying to you know any and every job they can get their hands on. And I think when you do that, you can you can be in control. You can fear and feel. Pardon me, feel in control, and you can avoid you know some of those behaviors that really are are not going to help you to reach your goal, which is finding that new job. I totally agree. I often compare it to that if some of the job seekers, if you were going to hire someone to cut your hair, you wouldn't be like, oh hey, John Doe over there, he's used scissors before and he knows how to cut paper. So yeah, they could totally cut my hair. And sometimes I think job seekers think I have to, I have the skills and it's like, well, do you have the skills? Or is that something that you actually want to do? Um, which is going to lead into our next topic that we're going to talk about after the break. Um, we're going to get into some kind of frequently asked questions because I think sometimes these things tend to be quite cyclical. Um, but I'm really excited to continue this conversation. So we'll be back in another minute. Having to let go of your valued employees is never easy, especially now. Don't do it alone. Ronstadt Rise Smart will help you support your employees with compassionate outplacement services. Our certified career transition teams and extensive online resources can help your employees find their new beginnings more quickly and with greater confidence. Protect your employees and your brand. Look to talent mobility and outplacement leader Ronstadt Rise Smart. Learn more at helpmyemployee.com. You're listening to Career Conversations with Aaron Rovner. Presented by Randstad RiseSmart, the world's fastest growing career transition and talent mobility provider. Now, here's your host, Erin Rovner. Welcome back. One thing that job seekers never really know is kind of what's happening on the other side. You know, like what discussions are happening? You know, like what happens on that employer side of it? When they sit down and say, what do we do if we have to have layoffs? So Lindsay, I'd love to switch it over to you. You know, what are kind of those conversations that are happening? I'd love any insight. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think first and foremost, people have to remember that if, if they do get impacted by a layoff, it's not personal. It's not about them in particular, especially right now more than ever before. It's really a business decision, right? Companies, bottom lines have been just decimated in a lot of cases due to COVID. And because of that, they have to make those difficult decisions, unfortunately, and, and in some cases that does mean layoffs. And so I think first and foremost, job seekers, people who are impacted by layoffs have to remember, it's not personal, it's not about them. Their worth is not impacted whatsoever as a result of this. And honestly, one of the positives that has come out of this is there's no stigma at this time for having gotten laid off. Where in past years, you know, three, four, five years ago, there was a, a very unfair and unnecessary stigma for anyone who had gotten laid off. Where today, I mean, there is incredible talent in the market. You have, you have some of the top organizations in the world having to have layoffs. And so that stigma is gone, which is really helpful. But on the employer side, to get back to your question, I think first and foremost, employers have to treat the situation with such care and compassion. They need to understand that 
this isn't just a layoff. This is a layoff during incredibly uncertain economic times for, for really everywhere in the world. And so to have to have a layoff right now, of course, is, is difficult, but how you handle it is more important than ever before. So handling the planning really well, taking the time to consider all of the different components, making sure that you're offering as good of a severance package as you possibly can for each of these employees, making sure that you're offering outplacement, right? Not all, not all organizations offer outplacement when they lay people off. So ensuring that those individuals who are impacted have access to a new resume and a coach and, and you know, job opportunities and all of that is, is so important. And how they communicate the layoff both internally and publicly is also extremely important. And being really transparent about the business challenges they're facing and why this has to happen. When a company approaches these situations with care and compassion and transparency, it creates two things. A, it creates the best possible experience for the person being impacted because they understand why, it's clear, they were treated well. And on the flip side, for those employees who are staying within the organization, they're watching. They're watching how you're handling that. They're watching how you as an employer are treating those departing employees. And so you're doing all these things not only for those who are impacted but for those who are staying and, and being very careful about how those notifications are delivered and what you're offering those employees is going to make a big difference in the productivity and engagement of everyone who's staying in your company moving forward and frankly at some point we will be past COVID and we will be in a better job market once again and so you want to make sure that you can go back and tap into that talent and have them sort of boomerang back into your organization once you're able to you know, grow and, and, and hire again. So for all of those reasons, you know, how you handle the situation is so, so very important. That's such a great point. Um, so Jeannie, I want to kind of ask you a same version of that different, different thing. Um, what are some of the questions that you're kind of asked most often, you know, from those talent leaders who might be debating, you know, do I offer outplacement? How do I protect my brand? How do I, what do I do to move forward um, knowing that there's going to be a change? What a lot of companies are asking us right now is um, we've been investing for a decade in our employer brand and in our employee experience. And how do we make sure that that investment um, continues as we have to make some tough business decisions? So first of all, offering outplacement is absolutely necessary in order to help those people to get back to work quickly. Um, and, and other uh, companies are also asking us too whether other alternatives to actually doing the layoffs. So we have seen a, a number of companies actually going to their employees and saying, in, you know, should we do layoffs or could everybody take an across the board pay cut? Um, should we do layoffs or could everybody take extra time off and have allowed employees to vote on it or in other cases just simply said to employees in order to avoid layoffs, we are going to do these things. Um, the other thing to consider is back to that discussion we had in the first segment about redeployment is that if you have anywhere in your organization, any open positions, even if you don't think the skills would match or the jobs might be of interest to the people that you are laying off, look to those people first to fill those open positions. Um, I think all of us have been surprised in the, the COVID crisis with all of the new skills that we're finding that people have that nobody knew they had, that um, when we adjusted businesses quickly and people started doing new jobs and engineers started manning phone banks and other things like that, you, you have to um, consider that your employees may want to choose to do something different, even if it's just for a period of time. So give them that choice. 
I love that. And it's, it's so interesting because I do think that, you know, it is about, you know, how do they protect that brand for the people who work there and also for the people outside who might be thinking, I want to go there in the future. Um, really exciting and, uh, and really great answers. Um, well, I want to thank you both for talking so much today. I feel like I learned so much about, you know, kind of that, that other side that I may or may not be on. And, um, and I'm so happy that you guys have been able to be here with us. Um, and that's all the time we have this week on Career Conversations. I'm hoping that you guys can tune in next week. We're going to be focused on getting you the best version of your resume because, you know, while there's never one that's perfect, there are some things that you can do to make sure that it's the best it can possibly be. And, and as always, if you have a job search question that you'd like us to answer on air, please email us at careerconvoswvox at gmail.com, or you can tweet your question using hashtag careerconvoswvox. Until then, I'm Erin Rovner, and I look forward to our next career conversation every Monday at 1230, right here on WVOX, and online at wvox.com. Stay safe and see you next week. <laughs>